Hello and welcome to season two of Man Down, the anti-Man Up movement. My name is Jamie Clements and I'm going to be speaking to more incredible individuals from all backgrounds, all walks of life about their own journeys through mental health and what we can actually do better to look after ourselves. The goal of Man Down is to show that vulnerability is rooted in courage, rooted in strength and not in weakness and we're here to open up these conversations to reduce the stigma around talking about mental health and showing everyone that it is okay to talk about this stuff. This is Man Down. The episode is going to kick off in a second guys, we're just going to take a quick minute to hear from our sponsors and our partners. When was the last time your phone buzzed with a not very necessary notification? When was the last time you picked your phone up just to check a message and somehow ended up on an Instagram scrollathon? Look, you might not realize it, but you're probably addicted to your phone. And now with all of our meetings moving online, we're stuck in front of a screen all day. We're trapped in this endless vortex of Zoom calls, TikTok videos, and apps like Slack that require us to be always available, always on. And it's making it really difficult to switch off. Now this is where Unplugged comes in. The guys at Unplugged have created a space for busy city workers like you to take some true time offline with a three-day digital detox at their beautiful off-grid cabins just one hour from London. So if you're someone that's always on and the idea of actually locking your phone away for three days either terrifies you or feels like something you need right now, then you're probably in need of some true time offline with Unplugged. So if this sounds like something for you, head to www.unplugged.rest and use the code MANDOWN when you book and you get a beautiful food hamper for your stay. So all you need to do is turn up and switch off. I am incredibly proud to say that Man Down is brought to you in partnership with Better, a charity raising awareness around mental health and suicide prevention through a range of exciting events and initiatives. Please head over to www.better.org.uk, that's B-E-D-E-R, or find them on Instagram at better underscore UK. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Man Down. Thank you, as always, for joining me. Um, this is my, my first recording of 2021, and it could be rusty as fuck. So we're going to go into it. We're going to see how it goes. I'm excited to be joined by Ed Cunningham today. Um, I did, I actually asked Ed, as I ask all of my guests to, to send over a little bio about themselves and, and Ed refused. No, <laughs> <laughs> he didn't refuse. So I've, I've taken, I've taken the, the liberty of writing one myself. Um, so Ed is the founder and host of A Need to Read and that's as far as we got. So <laughs> Mate, I'll take that. Yeah. Um, Thank you for being here, mate. I'm I'm happy to have you here. It's great to <laughs> great to be talking. It's clearly my first recording of the year. Um, so, what mate, I want thank to- you for having me on. I'll just say, um, and I had I have to say no to writing a bio because I hate talking about myself. I'm unfortunately not one of those people that can just like speak really highly of themselves. So, whenever someone asks me to, I'm like, really, yeah, no, that is out out of my. Uh, repertoire of things that I can do but I mean yeah. founder and host of a need to read that is so enough for me I'm, yeah. I feel like that's my identity nowadays definitely and I think um I I've got into the habit of, of trying to open up conversations um with a compliment 
because I think that's a nice way just to open up the space. And so yeah. um, we, I guess to give a bit of context around how we know each other, and I put I put no in inverted commas because it's one of those, mm-hmm. it seems to have been a bit of a feature of lockdown for, for quite a lot of people um, just making kind of new connections new friends via the internet like it's it's been mm. happening for years but i think especially with with the last year or so it's definitely um become more of a more of a feature and and as someone who has a podcast obviously you're listening to it um it's been awesome just to watch what you're doing with a need to read like the the level of, of quality of of guest of content of social all of it mate is is top class so um yeah from someone who is is also pretty new to this it is awesome to follow and awesome to watch so first thank off you, thank you for for doing what you do and secondly for people who don't know what we're going on about what is a need to read can you do your own book review of a need to read a need to read is essentially me trying to get people into reading that not don't necessarily read at the moment uh, to understand the importance of reading but not from a English lecturer or English teacher point of view just from someone who used to be a bit of a prick didn't like himself at all started reading started making minor changes in the right direction with those two things and I've just been completely fascinated with books ever since just that someone's whole life is put into 300 pages you then get to consume that whilst you get to consume that people don't tend to interrupt you you're taking time away from speaking to other people, time off your phone, which is super important at the moment, and time to essentially let your imagination go. Like especially if you're reading fiction books, like you, it exercises your brain in a way that we don't do anymore because um, we're just constantly distracted. So for me, finding the distraction in books um, has basically made me try and tell everyone that I know how to read. Or not how to read, but just to read. <laughs> just teaching people to read. <laughs> no, it's uh, it's definitely, you know, it's a, a great concept because I think there is such a, a reluctance for, for a number of reasons. And I'd love to get your take on like why people don't like reading, why people don't want to engage with it. What have you seen from mm-hmm. maybe from people that you've converted and brought into the cult? Like what have you seen um, as some of the reasons that people don't want to engage? I can speak from from my experience right so like from from why i didn't used to um and i would say it's a lot to like this ruffle some feathers here but it's an arrogance thing it's an ego thing is people think that they don't necessarily need to learn um anymore they feel like their learning's done in school and of course when when you actually look at it school doesn't teach you what you actually need to know for life right mm-hmm. um and to I think a lot of people without being able to own up to it, do think they're too good to learn how to live like well. They feel like they, they can just sort of, they can just work it out themselves. Um, but I think being able to read helps you work it out yourself because you get to pick lessons from each book that you then want to apply into your life and you figure out what works. Otherwise you're just sort of leading yourself blind down a road. And this is where, and I hate it because I'm really judgmental of these people now because I, 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 I see what I used to be. Mm. And then they're just, just going down the road blind. Like, and, and at some point it will turn to shit for them. And then they will, oh, fuck, I wish I read. Mm. It's kind of preventative yeah. thing as well. Like, cause for me, it was like break down, read. I'd rather have been like reading breakdown because it prepared yeah. me for a little bit. Yeah. I think with a lot of, you know, 
tools that people have for for their mind for their their general well-being reading being one of those things it's always or not always it's often the case that it's it ends up being reactive it ends up being a response to like mm. a, a really shit time and so yeah. that's yeah always a message i try and get home to people is like you might not feel crap now but do things now that are going to help you avoid oh, yeah. that in the future um so yeah i i think it's you know as i said it's a it's an awesome concept and i think as well it's something that you you mentioned there it's like this almost this arrogance of independence like we've got into this, this like super mm. independent way of living where we think we know everything or we think we can figure it out and yeah. especially as blokes like you know the focus of this is, yeah. is predominantly men's mental health as you know it's like as guys we we want to fix our own problems we want to do things ourselves we want to take that strength in, mm. in showing people that we can we can overcome stuff um so yeah i think there is yeah. definitely an element of that too yeah definitely and the unfortunate thing is um i think the people that like your podcast will help the most and like reading will help the most won't listen to it because mm. of that arrogance thing they're yeah. like well i don't want to listen to that my <laughs> not stereotype <laughs> but yeah they, yeah it's a shame it is a shame because think... you can take a horse to water right but can't make them drink exactly that's a, a fantastic quote love love it <laughs> um yeah i think it's um it's always yeah unfortunately a case that sometimes it is it's something like you said you know struggles with with your own mental health that that force you to to reevaluate and re readjust to to what you're doing and how you're living your life so yeah i think if if anyone is you know straight off the bat if anyone is curious about reading and wondering why ed is is so militant with talking about it and uh, just go and get stuck into it give i think use that as your first stepping stone to to get curious about reading like maybe you don't want to pick up a book mm. and spend that time but go and go and listen to an episode and, and see what it's all about and see some of the lessons that, that Ed's learned and, and other people have learned. So mm -hmm. you mentioned there sort of almost fleetingly um, what led you to basically start reading, but also mm -hmm. start I need to read. What did that, what did that journey look like? What, what point did it go from breakdown, as you mentioned, into reading for yourself into then saying i want to share this with people like can you take us through a bit of that journey yeah so i would have said i probably got stuck into a proper serious book like february 2019 i'd mm. been doing like audible for a bit before then um just because i was in sales and i was like well, i'll learn how to sell properly like through books so I don't have to just trust the people that I'm working with. And um, yeah, then I, I'd read a few sales books, thought they were right. I was like, actually, why don't I just learn about how to like live a bit better? Because if I'm like, my life is more important than my job, which I think a lot of people get confused with nowadays, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, so I picked up that February, 2019. I then started to hate my life pretty intensely, probably like May, June, july that year then started going to therapy was reading a lot more mental health focus book because like i need the fucking help right like I, I already knew that i liked reading and i knew that it was helpful and at the time i didn't want to be around people very much so reading was a perfect escape for me 
Um, so for me to be able to learn about like what was going on in my mind, like books like The Chimp Paradox, mm-hmm. um, The Happiness Trap, Russ Harris, brilliant books just to learn about what's going on in your brain. And like I had no idea, like objectively, considering what everyone sort of points towards in the world, like I should have been happy, right? I was earning okay money. Like I'm, I'm a, of, of privilege, right? And I was just so miserable. And I just remember sitting in my garden one day, I'd come back from work, almost had a panic attack in a big meeting. And I was trying to talk to my girlfriend about it at the time. I just couldn't get it out. I started crying. She was like, hey, who do you think cares if you cry? And I was like, oh my God, no one. Mm. No one actually cares. Like I'm the only one that actually cares if I cry. Yeah. Um, and then from there, I started going to therapy, started reading loads more. Fast forward a little bit, me and that girl broke up. Um, I moved to Australia in January 2020. <laughs> Had a goal written down at the start of the year of reading 26 books every year. Because I was thinking a book every two weeks, that would be quite cool to do. Um, I got to March of that year and I'd read 20 books because I wasn't working when I was in Australia. I was just getting up in the morning, reading for half an hour, going down to the beach, meditating, coming back, reading, going to jujitsu, reading a little bit more. And I was like, oh, this is sick. Like, I, I really enjoy just learning and, like, improving. Um, went to Bali in March. I know this is quite a long-winded thing, but um, it's, it's, it's a, I'm glad you asked me now and, and not at the start because it's like <laughs> the introduction question, but you've, you've hidden it really well. Um, <laughs> it's... So I went to Bali in March. Australia shut their borders um, because of the coronavirus. So I was like, right, well, I'm either going to stay in Bali and ride it out and probably run out of money rapidly or go home and like live with my parents and just figure out whatever from there. <clears throat> so I flew home. And within about two weeks of being home, I'd kind of figured like everyone that I spoke to, like my friends, my family about books, they were just getting fed up of it. Mm. I was like, oh, I'll just chuck it on the internet. And it was a nice way to reintroduce myself as like not the prick that I used to be. Yeah. Right? As like, oh, like reading's cool. I'm not that guy anymore. Um, here we go. Like, this is what I'm doing now. Yeah. And just like being like quite vulnerable on the internet, um, which was weird. Mm. And like, it did, I think it upset me being vulnerable on the internet, even though I got no negative feedback. I was just quite upset about it like it was very emotional like being that open to so many people and thinking oh what if they think this what if they think that i was like i didn't think about it too much but afterwards maybe like a few months after i was like oh my god yeah what if all these people think i'm just a wanker yeah yeah and i think we were were talking about it just just before we start just before we hit record um and i hope you don't mind me saying but like we were talking about how we've both been in spots before and, and you feel a little bit of this at the moment where it's like, why sort of almost, why am I doing this? Like, what's the point? And mm. I think that for me has been, you know, a feature throughout this podcast of that almost imposter syndrome. It's like, who, who I, I know people are listening, but I'm like, who, who's actually listening. And also it's yeah, so yeah. easy to kind of, even as you said, like if you're hearing just positive feedback, that's, that's brilliant. But, you you still assume that there's people out there thinking that you're a dick and and those are the ones that you worry about like you almost gloss over the positive stuff and the fears just still sat there so yeah how how have you kind of 
I suppose, dealt with with those ups and downs because when you are doing a podcast and you're sort of just putting it out into the ether and it just sits mm. there, like I, I know as well, like it's just out there now and there is fear attached to that. But like, how, how have you managed that? You know, it is, the podcast has grown and grown and grown. Like you've, you always seem to be above Richard and Judy and it's just. Yeah, fuck them. <laughs> in a nice way, in a nice way. Yeah. Um, so, you know, as it's grown in popularity, how have, have your feelings towards it changed? Like, has it, has it changed in your mind? Um, I know, I knew there was an audience for it. Otherwise I wouldn't have bothered doing it. Yeah. Like I just knew that I needed to find them. Um, I do struggle now with, so people always tell me like, Hey, hey keep it up. I'm like, yeah, let me decide if I want to keep it up actually. Yeah. I'm like, cause I could just quit this whole thing, go and work in a cafe if I wanted to and, and just give it all up. And I, I it's, it's weird, right? As humans, we, we like to self-sabotage mm-hmm. this week in particular. I'm fighting the urge to self-sabotage quite hard. Um, which I haven't had to do for a very, very long time. I remember I had one incident where who it turns out to be a lovely girl messaged me um, saying that a list of books that I gave didn't have any female authors, even though one of them was actually female. Mm. I ended up calling her a cunt and taking a week off Instagram and like going on there saying like, look, like I get to choose what I put out on the internet. Don't like I if anyone's going to come at me, I will just tell them to fuck off. I would have done that as like a, I'm a normal person. Don't, mm. I'm not just some friendly person that's going to tell you to read books. Like I am just yeah. a normal person in there. Like everyone has it in them to be a piece of shit. And I've made quite a thing of that, that everyone is a bit of a piece of shit. Right. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a difficult thing to deal with. And I, I don't know because like, how 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 do we deal with it? I think the answer is we just do, mm. um, which is a pretty shit answer, right? Um, but what's the other option? Yeah, I don't uh, want to. I don't want to quit it, really. Exactly. I just and I, I think that's the thing that is probably one of my biggest lessons. Is like I haven't really spoken about this much but i hope people have probably picked it up through interviews that i've done in the past but like i've always been a a relatively insecure person like i Mm -hmm. i have traditionally probably up until the last year or so cared a lot about what people think of me and actually Mm. almost to the club brother yeah mate and i think (laughs) there'll be so many people that that are like yeah me too um i I don't i don't think i'm in any way alone in that and I, i definitely don't think i'm special because of it um but one thing I've learned through doing this and through the process has been, as you said, it's not the most detailed answer, but just doing it and actually just putting stuff out. And if you're doing it for you, like, yes, the purpose of this is to help other people and facilitate conversations and whatever else and help people grow their awareness of themselves. But, you know, this is something I'm very passionate about. It's something you're very passionate about. Mm. And at the end of the day, if you enjoy it, that's, that's, that's it. That's why, you know, you're, yeah. And for people who aren't aware, Ed is currently out in Bali living, living the life, even mm-hmm. though he's, he's, it's not all sun, yeah, yeah. sunshine and rainbows. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so, but yeah, you know, you're out there and you, you're recording your podcast and you're having, having a nice time doing some jujitsu and, and surfing. And, you know, that's, that's not too bad, right? I'm, I'm so grateful to be here, but like, as, weird as people are like there's there's two things i actually want to get back to is is yeah so you, you say about like us just doing it and 
they call it like fear walking and it's from a book um susan david emotional agility Mm -hmm. and that's what she talks about is essentially it's like you you will always feel that apprehension and there's no difference between the person that does something and the person that doesn't in terms of the fear that they feel it's just one just continues moving because nothing physically stops you like resistance the feeling that people get from doing stuff it's it's not a real force yeah it is there for everyone it's kind of like gravity is is a way that Stephen Pressfield put it is um the resistance like gravity it's intangible it is there for everyone but you can move through it um and then again on like what you created um man man down like your podcast because we create what we need Mm. like we create what we would like to be there right um i would have liked it if there was a book review podcast that wasn't all poncy from um someone who's really really fancy talking and and doesn't like to swear like i i would like it if it was just some casual guy there wasn't that so i was like well i'll just make that yeah yeah Um, for sure i think it's yeah you're absolutely right and i i love that sort of I guess that that point on fear and the difference because I think I think that's the th- that's maybe a, a thing that people underestimate. They they see these people doing stuff, and they must be like, oh, they feel no fear. That's why they're doing it. Yeah. Because, but it's actually not the case at all. It's just they they felt the fear, but they've it's that that old quote is feel the fear and do it anyway. I was, I was Susan Jeffers, yeah. what a woman, what a woman, what a quote. Um, <laughs> um, so yeah, I think. I, yeah, it's, it's such a good point, especially around um, any kind of creative output that is personal to you as an individual, like something that is you in its purest form. And, and it does reflect what you feel like you need. So I think that's, mm. yeah, that's a, that's a great point. I'd, I'd love to, unless you have, I saw you take a deep inhale there. If, if you had, a, <laughs> do you have a I was just going to say, um, about the whole if people get the impression that i'm i'm not having a good time barley like it is all right i'm just being particularly ungrateful this week because i just feel a bit in a bit of a slump and i know i've like i've journaled about it hard i know that in a week or two i'm not gonna feel like this yeah yeah it's just it's just life you could be in a perfect place and you'd still find a reason to be in a bit of a slump especially when you got tendencies yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly exactly I'd, lo- I'd love to come back to something that you mentioned a couple of times and it's this i suppose this notion of of you previously being a bit of a prick and i'd love mm-hmm. to know what what that means like what does that mean to you what did, what did that look like you know that it, it's and i know you're saying it kind of in a almost reflective kind of growth mindset mm-hmm. but what what does that look like in terms of of your past like what was what was old ed um not great with women now i'm actually not great with women now i'm terrible with women i can't talk to them (laughs) i used to be good at chatting to girls and i would then just not treat them very well i don't Mm. respect the fact that i used to do that at all um i used to be quite angry i used to get in a lot of fights when i was younger until i ended up going to court over something and then stop that completely um i used like you name an addiction I've, and i've dabbled with it like gambling i'm um, going out way too much bit of tennis racket packet it's uh i've for some for some reason or other i've 
decided at different stages of my life that I'd like to make it difficult for myself, whereas I, I could have um, made it quite easy. Um, so when I say I was a bit of a prick, like there will be people out there that will think that I'm a prick, but it would never have been anything that's like a personal attack on them to make their lives miserable. Mm -hmm. It would have just been like, oh, he's an arrogant person. He doesn't like talking to people when really I'm actually just an introvert who doesn't like talking to people. I just used to have yeah. to pretend really hard um, that I liked being around people. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I, it's, it's like, I say that I was a prick. I really just think I wouldn't like me back then, but I would mm -hmm. see the good in me and be like, oh, you've got potential to be sound. Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes a lot of sense. And I think, um, I guess a couple of those, those traits or those, those ways in which you used to act to me, um feel quite tied to and i don't necessarily like the phrase toxic masculinity but seem quite tied mm. to sort of some of those negative aspects of of traditional masculinity that people pull out mm. and what a kind of how do you see I, I guess at the time you never really see it but on reflection like how do you see that link there in terms of what you thought you how you thought you should be living your life and, and what was causing some of that stuff and also how is your I suppose how is your understanding of what being a man and this is a big question what being a man what being mm. a guy means to you now like how's that changed if it has changed so I've always been quite like feminine in my energy in comparison to what people would have used to have said like all the man mm. would have been so I think for me it was just insecurity around that and trying to make up for it trying to be like, oh, top shagger, um, just trying to make up for it with that, which I think is a very, very common story um, for a lot of people. Is, is like they're trying to make up for something by sleeping with a load of girls, which in reality actually impresses no one and no one cares, um, apart from probably a penis in like 20 years um, mm. when it falls off. So, yeah, I think for me it was, it was pure insecurity around that. Yeah. That's, that's what led to it, I would have said. Um, in terms of what being a man means for me nowadays, like I, I just think someone who's able to offer support, someone who respects themselves. And I just think in terms of being a, a human, which is, is going to be really cliche, but like, I, I, like, I want to be a good friend to my friends. I don't want many friends, but to the ones that I have, I, I, I want to be a good friend. I want to be the guy who will check in on them like maybe once a week or once every couple of weeks for a connected chat. Yeah. I want to be like a man who shows up so that when I'm having a conversation with someone, like I can look him in the eyes for an hour and not want to check my phone and just like care for people, mm -hmm. um, which I do find difficult to do because like I'm an introvert, like my, I think we've discussed it before, actually, over Instagram, it's like, it's a difficult thing to do. It's like my energy will be drained when I've been around a lot of people. So I can, I can seem somewhat miserable or, or someone like someone who won't show up mm -hmm. because I'm zapped. But yeah. like, for me, like a, a man is someone who will just well, be a human. Like I just, yeah. I think it, it, it shouldn't really discriminate between the genders there it's just like as a good person what you yeah. need to do is show up for your friends and especially as sharp for yourself yeah to be able to say no when someone asks you to write a bio um <laughs> to be able to say no like when someone asks you to like 
have that extra drink when you don't want to. Like, yeah. I've had to. I'm worried that she'll listen to this. Probably, but I've been on a date in Bali, and she's sound, but um, just it's not good enough for me. And it's not yeah. that she's not good enough as a person. It's just not what I would want for myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just being able to say no to that. Yeah. It's that kind Sometimes of... Sometimes it's really hard because like she's fit. Yeah. It's a difficult yeah. thing because the old me's like, don't you just do it anyway. Yeah. But you have to say no. Yeah. It's, um, I think it comes down to that, as you said, like that respect for yourself and respect for other people. Mm. Because I think people so often... It almost comes down to a bit of people pleasing. If you're like staying for that extra drink because you you want to be seen as like that guy, or you don't want to yeah. like let your mates down, but you're actually doing them a disservice by like adapting your behaviour to to what you think they want. And I think mm. if everyone just lived a little bit more, and I'm I'm really very guilty of being a people pleaser on a number of occasions, and I'm I'm working through it. But like I think there is so much to be said for just like being able to say no. And being really mm. honest with yourself, like you've just said there, like with this this girl that you went on a date with, there's because old stuff comes up, like you said, the old you is like, ah, but like you know, anyway, mate, yeah. But if you're really like really honest with yourself, and I think that's where, and I'd love to come on to like meditation um, and sort of other tools that you have, but mm. that's where that connection to yourself and actually spending time in your own head is really important because you get to know what the what the signs are and, and what works for you. Um, mm. So yeah, it's a, a really interesting one, but that's, that's quite a nice, it's a, almost a nice segue. It's a crowbar segue, but we'll take it into um, yeah. sort of the, the stuff that's helped you. Cause I think books are, you know, an obvious one. We've, we've spoken a fair bit about books, but what do you do like day to day, week to week to look after yourself? Like what is that? What is that made up of? moving myself i didn't like understand how important that is to me until i what did i do i think i had my back a couple of weeks like when i first got to bali and like all the way through lockdown all the way through being in england i've been walking my dog every single morning and that would be like my non-negotiable thing is walk the dog seven o'clock in the morning every day for an hour and a half um and then as soon as I got to Bali, I was thinking, yes, I'm going to be doing jiu-jitsu every day. And then injured my back, got a cut on my leg, didn't want that getting infected. So I then got a couple of tattoos. So I couldn't really move around apart from going to the gym, which I hate doing. Um, so making sure that you're moving your body in a form that you enjoy mm-hmm. is super, super important for me. So jiu-jitsu, like... Um, oh, this is great because blokes listen to this podcast. Not many blokes listen to my podcast, right? <laughs> so I can talk about jiu-jitsu. Is when you get the opportunity to have a crack at jiu-jitsu, do it and stick it out for eight to 10 weeks and your whole life will change. You will carry yourself in a different way. You will respect like everyone, no matter what size, wherever they're from, like because you'll go into a gym and you'll get fucked up by a, like a five foot four woman and it's humbling and that's very hard i've been doing it for two years this morning like i i struggled my way through a match with this indonesian woman must have been about five foot five like 55 kilos like yeah. i'm like 80 kilos been doing it for two years like i know what i'm doing now but she still managed to fuck me up a little bit yeah it's crazy 
That is mad. What like what are some of the because because I find this stuff fascinating and um because I'm from like rugby background, unsurprisingly. Mm. Lads, lads, lads. Um and um I've always thought about taking up a martial art because I think, you know, there are the physical benefits that are obvious. There's also a, a huge amount of, of mental benefit in terms of like discipline, but also that kind of element of self-respect. Like what are some of the principles? Because I feel like it's a real kind of tribe slash family like thing once you get in a gym. But what are some of the principles that that come through that you've experienced from from jujitsu? Is like like we said, like that respect. Like you respect the professor who whoever's teaching the class, but you respect your opponent, you respect your training partner, and you have to do that. You can't go in with anger because like either you're going to get choked out or you're going to hurt someone or they're going to hurt you. Like you have to respect your training partners. Um, A part like as you kind of like get better along with it is it's so good for like your brain, like Mm. cerebrally, like you have to think and you have to think under pressure. Um, It's meditative. Like when, when you kind of know what you're doing, like now, and only up and like very recently, like just before the new year, like my creativity has gone like through the roof with yeah. jujitsu that it hasn't done before. Like I'm, I'm learning ways to like take people's own clothing and, and set them up with that to then do this, to do that. Whereas before mm. I'd just be, I'd go for one thing and that would be my, my head in the zone. Yeah. Um, but it's super, super meditative. Um, so like, it's, it's not just a, like a brute force kind of thing. Yeah. Um, is so much about respecting yourself, respecting your training partner, learning when to tap, learning when to surrender, which is like, it's super important for life, right? It's learning when to tap, learning when to yeah. walk away because you know you're going to get hurt. Like, I've, I've written emails about that before. Like, jujitsu is great, even if you just have an email list because you'll get yeah. an email out of it every week. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's just, it's super, super humbling. You will get injured. Like, I've broken my nose, got a broken finger at the moment, got bust ligaments in my ankle but there's never been a sport that i've wanted to just carry on doing even when i'm injured so much yeah. um than it has with jiu-jitsu and it's, it's super important um but i won't spend too much time i could go for hours we'll do another episode purely on jiu-jitsu um <laughs> that, wait for me to get like at least a purple belt <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think it's, it's so so interesting man i think it's that that meditative point um it's something that because we, we've chatted a little bit about surfing as well and how we're both pretty average. Mm. And um, that for me has been, so I hate, I had deep fear of the ocean for a very long time. Mm. Um, and I don't know, some, some kind of switch flicked and it was around the same time that I was going through a lot of therapy and, and my own work. And suddenly I was just like obsessed with the ocean and surfing became yeah. a big part of that. And it's that you have no other option but to be present because otherwise you'll get drowned you'll get absolutely rolled Mm. or you'll get completely fucked up on the mat like the the two for me are very similar in terms of just like that it's people talk about flow and that has a lot of different meanings but one definition i quite like is sort of it's the the intersection between discipline and surrender and it's that that midpoint where you're like you're super super present and you have no other option but to be but you also have yeah. to be like on, you have to be there and you have to be ready for it. And your mind is going, but it's only focused yeah. on that one thing like that. Thinking about that podcast episode you need to record or that Instagram post you have to write, like that 
disappears and you don't even have yeah. to try and make it disappear because you're just so focused on on that thing um yeah. so yeah i'd encourage anyone to find something like that where the you know the, the presence has to be there because it does it does yeah, have yeah. benefits outside of that um how's the surfing going by the way it's all right it's been really rainy here when it rains all of the rubbish just goes in the sea yeah so like i i went Good. surfing a couple of weeks ago and it was just going in my arms but i'm planning to just get out of changu because changu stinks right um yeah. it proper smells at the moment yeah. i'm not happy about it so i'm gonna go down to Luatu in a couple of weeks and just spend like three or four days down there um no jujitsu just surf yeah. read surf read and just sort of like go in between the two nice. um because i need to get better at it i can't i can't come back home and and not be able to like have my own board like yeah i know what the liter of this board is like yeah. <laughs> um so yeah it's going well but like a lot of people that do jiu-jitsu surf as well it's they, yeah. they go kind of hand in hand it's like we jiu-jitsu and surfing um yeah. people people love it yeah. <laughs> that's actually it's reminded me of a book if I, I feel almost I'm, I'm overstepping my mark by suggesting a book <laughs> to you, but um, Hit me. Stealing Fire by Jamie Wheel and Stephen Kotler is like on this stuff around flow and like it's almost um, they have a, a I don't know if it's a business they've got this organization called the Flow Research Collective where they essentially study extreme sports athletes surfers whoever it might be mm. and try and figure out how they put themselves in a state of flow so that they can try and sort of bring it to the masses. But the book is just so well written and it's, it's super, super interesting. Nice. I read it last year. Yeah. I read it in like three days and I never do that. I'm like a sick. Yeah. I'm like a two, two books of mm, one book a month, maybe two books a month kind of guy. Mm. Um, but yeah, that for me was just like, could not put it down literally. So yeah, definitely one to check out. But sick. before before we wrap up, um, hey, I'd love to, I know we, we kind of went off on one on jujitsu, but anything else that kind of you have in your life that, that really helps your mind that, that is a, I guess, a non-negotiable. Yeah. We went mad there, by the way, I'm on, I'm on no time limit. I'm, I'm cool. Unless, unless you have, um, but yeah, so journaling and meditation every day, the meditation is my like non-negotiable. 20 minutes every morning. I've done that now for like, like I really want to go and get my phone, but I'm, I'm not going to do it. I know this morning it was 267 days. Um, yeah. My like streak on Headspace, because they've got me by the balls by giving me that streak. That I keep yeah. seeing go up every day. Um, so yeah, and like journaling, but like I used to journal quite surface level stuff where I just like, oh, I'm grateful that it's green outside. Uh, I'm grateful that I've got a dog. And I'm grateful that I get peanut butter on toast with eggs in the morning time. Whereas now, like I, I go deep with it, I'm making sure I'm like I'm I'm thinking hard whilst I journal. Because I I was sat there the other day and I was reading a book on stoicism, and I was like, I think what I want to do with the rest of my life is think and contemplate stuff. Because like when when you actually write down what you feel and you fill out a couple pages of how you're feeling it's so so powerful because mm. it, it's like when you go to therapy right like you 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 talk you talk you talk and then you're like oh my god i'm, I'm irrational yeah and you and you come to those realizations um we were speaking before so my friend died on sunday as soon as i found out i was like well that is shit like 
bit shocked 10 minutes later I started like welling up a little bit and I was like okay well this is the time to like put it into practice like I've been practicing writing down my emotions so that when it matters I can, I can get them out and like mm -hmm. flow with it so I literally like chucked on the cinematic orchestra chucked in my headphones just sat there with a pen wrote like three pages cried my eyes out did the same again in the morning but like less that I was writing and I was like cool I feel like I've, I've processed that now yeah and um, like some people are like, oh, that's a bit too quick. But I, I feel like I have. Like I've, I've written down all the things that I needed to, all the things that I would think about over maybe a period of months if I hadn't written them down. Yeah. Um, and you can very quickly sort of work out how you feel about something if you just give yeah. five minutes with a pen forcing yourself to write. Yeah, absolutely. I think there, there is no, uh, there's no right or wrong in terms of, well, that's not necessarily true. I was going to say there's no right or wrong in terms of process, processing emotion. The wrong mm. is to repress it and, and push it down. Yeah. <laughs> um, so there, there is a wrong. Um, but in terms of, yeah, the speed at which you process something, that is, that's individual and, you know, it'll come in waves. Mm. It's not all, all going to come at once. But if you can have those things in place, like ultimately, like you said, it's, you know, the reason you started reading and the, the reason you took to it was because, it was helping you gain that self-awareness and that understanding of your mind so that you mm -hmm. could use that to your advantage. And I think yeah. it's the same as journaling. Like you are using that to better the way in which you process emotions, the way in which you can get your mind down on paper. As you said, like, that's why I love it as well, because therapy for me has been unbelievably powerful and, and invaluable because I start to solve my own problems. Like the yeah. best therapists are the ones that ask the right question. You then literally blab for like 10 minutes maybe cry a bit and then by the end of it you're like oh shit yeah that that yeah. that makes sense and they haven't said a single word it's, it's honestly it's mad. so annoying i don't know how they get paid so much for, but you know like <laughs> yeah. you know that they're needed <laughs> they're just like the best facilitators of like they, they'd be yeah. best podcast hosts ever because they just ask like one question and just let someone go um yeah yeah it's yeah i mean yeah, therapy, I'm sure you'll attest to that as well. Like you've, you've mentioned it a couple of times, like it's been so valuable for me and mm. any, anyone I think is as much as I can blab about breath work and, you know, all this other stuff that can help your mental health like that as a first port of call. And obviously it's not accessible to everyone for whatever reason, but if you have the option, again, not even necessarily as a reactive but as a proactive mm. and pre preventative yeah. measure, um, same as journaling, just starting to get stuff down before it gets to that point where you're overwhelmed, I think is just, it's key. Um, yeah, definitely. The, the last thing I wanted to talk about, I wanted to come back to books. You'll be happy to hear. Okay. Um, cool, cool. Books for the mind, books for mental health. You mentioned Chimp Paradox, Happiness Trap. Um, yeah. what, what books would you... Um, recommend to people as sort of the most important most powerful most impactful for mental health and and the mind so there's, there's the ones that i've already mentioned right um the chimp paradox the happiness trap they're specific for your brain what i would like to do is give books that would act as like that preventative kind of kind of factor in it and there's essentialism by greg McEwen because I, that book essentially oh, 
I hate talking about it because I say essential so much while I was talking about <laughs> it. But he says in that book, never underestimate, underestimate the unimportance of absolutely everything. I think as people, we spread ourselves very, very, very thin. And that's when it starts to get dangerous with people's mental health is mm -hmm. you spread yourself too thin, you're overwhelmed, it all builds up in you and then bang, blows up in your face. So essentialism will teach you how to make sure you're doing the things in your life that are important to you and empower you to say no to the things that, that aren't. Mm -hmm. um, another book would be Love Yourself Like Your Life Depends On It by Kamal Ravikant. It's a difficult read, not because the words are big, not because the words are small in terms of like how you actually read it in the book, but it's an uncomfortable read because self-love is not a subject that um, I've ever been comfortable with. Yeah. To look myself in a mirror and say, Bleh. I'm going to say it now, but like, I love myself. Mm -hmm. It was, it brought up all of these uncomfortable feelings within me. Um, but even if you, if you, if you read that book, be prepared to feel uncomfortable and to do the exercises. Yeah. Um, and other preventative books that you could read. I'm looking here to see what I've got. I'll, I'll throw one in the mix for you. Cause it chuck, changed, chuck it to me, please. Cause I've changed, read so many now. <laughs> changed my life <laughs> in no uncertain terms. Um, and it's, it's a classic, but lost connections. Oh, beautiful book. Yeah. What a book. What a book. I've got Jason the Scream up there. He's the yeah. one that prompted Lost Connections. And it's amazing. Um, yeah, Lost Connections, of course. I think that one, I've said it before, and I'll always say it. I think everyone has a responsibility to read that book. Agreed. Because it won't just be for them. It will be for their mum. It will be for their sister. It will be for their friends. That's who they need to read the book for. I look, I, I don't read just with myself in mind, and I'm, and I'm not saying I'm completely altruistic because I'm absolutely not. I'm very selfish a lot of the time. But you should read these books like with with others in mind. It's like when you meditate. Who else are you doing it for? Yeah, because you're not just doing it to give yourself a clearer mind. Like you want to show up for other people, like like we said mm. um, at the start. But yeah, lost connection is insane. Yeah, unreal. I think I that started for me like the shift it was just a complete change in mindset about how i thought about my my mental health in terms of going from that traditional sort of oh it's a chemical imbalance in my brain lack of serotonin i'm ill to what am i i think he, he talks about it quite a lot like what are my human needs that aren't being met like where are my needs as an individual not being met and also starting to think about and i think the the work around trauma has been incredible over the last few years but actually considering how your life has impacted where you are now like it's yeah. not a random occurrence that you are depressed it's like it's a build-up of of stuff so yeah yeah it's uh it's a, a hell of a book um god I've, it's crazy I've... how that will stick with you right because the other day i was like like we've spoken about like, i'm thinking deeply this week like i journaled about being a bit lonely out here right mm -hmm. And um, that's what I thought I was missing. And I was like, well, maybe I'm missing the connections from back home of like the people that truly matter to me are all in England. Yeah. Um, and then I was like, well, actually, like if, if I was really missing that connection, I'd be communicating with them more. 
Mm -hmm. So like, do I, is it really that that's making me feel lonely or do I kind of in a perverse way, like feeling lonely? Cause I, like, I, I'm always looking to run away, moved to Australia, didn't know anyone came to Bali. Like a, I know Siobhan, I don't want to hang out with anyone else really. Like I like just being here on my own. Yeah. And um, yeah, I think that like connection to like meaningful values, like, meaningful work um, community is important. Yeah. Very, very important. Yeah, it is. And I think that's, you know, it's, it's maybe a bit of an obvious statement, like with all the shit that's happened the last year with the pandemic, like we've had so much of that stuff taken away. And yeah. yeah, it's awesome that we can have this conversation and you're in Bali and I'm in London, but the difference, gen like the genuine difference in terms of the face-to-face -face versus screen-to-screen -screen is, is it's chemical. Like it's not just oh, yeah. like a a disconnection in that sense but it's genuinely like biology that the connection won't be the same yeah, yeah. i can't wait to like like I, I don't know if we have spoken about you coming on my podcast but like i want you to at some point but like i'd, I'd rather do that when we could do it face to face like yeah I, when i come back to the uk however long i'm there for like i, I want to make sure my podcasts are face to face and like i'll travel for that i don't mind like it would give me something to do right yeah like this is going to be my job i better make it my job yeah um but to just like have someone in the room for like two hours so, like when you say something sick i can like give you a spud <laughs> yeah. just, like you can see how excited i am about like what you're saying like it's, it's so important yeah um and like not to be all hippie, but like you can pick up on people's energies, right? Hundred percent. Yeah, that's. It. I find it's such an interesting one. I, I was I was listening back to your episode with uh, James on his podcast, and mm -hmm. um, it's it's something that that he and I've I've kind of touched on, not on a, a recording, but like still battling like these conversations about spirituality as as a mm. bloke coming from like a relatively masculine background and like quite a traditional as i was saying like i'm still in like a relatively traditional day job and but i'm now like teaching breath work and i've almost got like this collision of like trying to talk to people about spirituality and dropping the word energy and manifestation into conversations and mm. then being like oh remember who you're speaking to but at the same time being like no just fucking say it like yeah say what you want to say like how how do you like how do you categorize your, this is a question I wasn't expecting to ask, but like, how do you categorize your spirituality or how do you feel that integrates into your life? What does it mean to you? I'm very much like along the line of like, I do certainly, I guess, feel like a shame. Like we all do about it. Like I'll, I'll like set myself up to say something about it, but not to sound like a hippie, but like, I do believe in that stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. um, next week, I'm going to do an ayahuasca ceremony and like it's booked in. I'm, I'm going to be doing it after that. I don't think I'll feel any shame in it. Like yeah. I I've, I've spoken already. Like my parents know about it. Everyone knows that I, I will do stuff like that. And um, since sort of dabbling in the world of like psychedelics, like I, I feel a lot less shame talking mm. about it because I feel like I know yeah and i can only speak from my experience but there is some sort of connection that you get from psychedelics and you know what like breath work right yeah it gives you that psychedelic experience that's why a lot of people coming off of um addiction do breath work and i yeah as much as it's great for them i do think it's a little bit for the high mm. yeah that's that's always the the consideration i think i actually had someone message me after one of my workshops the other day saying um 
that was my first breathwork session and it really reminded me of this time I took DMT and I was like, yeah, that it'll, it'll happen. And like, yeah. but they were saying it in a positive way rather than a negative way. And I think that's again, um, to, to drop another book into conversation, um, how to change your mind by Michael Pollan. If you haven't read it, yeah. wicked about just like the history of psychedelics and the Renaissance and how they're now being used in, in research for mental health and sort of all of like the neuroscience along with the sociology that kind of makes the case and that's why we're seeing like such a rise in not so much recreational use but like real use and significant use and profound use of this stuff and it's been around for centuries so it, it makes yeah. sense so it's just it's it's, it's only a matter of time now, right exactly exactly and we're, <laughs> we're wed to that like like nobody's business it's the first yeah, you know what? Let's, let's just get into it fuck the government right they're, the ones, they're, they're hiding this stuff from us plant medicine's the only medicine to go down <laughs> i've said it so you don't have to don't worry yeah <laughs> don't uh, judge me yeah judge, judge ed no it's um <laughs> yeah it's uh, yeah i i'd be key i'm looking forward to hearing about your your ayahuasca experience because i think i've, I've spoken to lots of people who have either done it or are on their way to do it. And I think it's, it's very much a personal thing that you come to in your own time. And, um, mm -hmm. like you said, I'm sure, I'm sure whatever your intention with it is, is, is gonna, gonna do wonders. So, um, yeah, excited to hear how that I'm goes. My brains out. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, <laughs> just before we finish and we'll see if we can go off on any other tangents, but what, What's next for you? Like, do you have, how, how do you actually, maybe this is the tangent. How do you plan? Like, what's your, do you, are you a long-term planner? Are you like a five-year planner? Are you a no plan man? Like I'm, I'm seeing your face and I'm, I'm guessing it might be the latter. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, like what's, what are, what are some goals and some intentions for you with the podcast or without the podcast? Like what, what do you want life to look like if you think about the next year onwards um i'm nervous i just dropped my pen i don't know um is is the answer jamie because i i've always avoided planning i used to avoid goals a lot um because i used to think i was a failure so i avoided goals i um see i'm throwing that in there so like you asked me about that so you don't talk to me about this but like i'll, I'll give you the answer is, is i don't know i signed up for a this place called Nirvana Strength in Bali today for three months because I know that I, as of today, I, I don't want to be in Bali today, mm -hmm. but I know that I don't want to be at home. So I'll sign up for three months. It was like 400 quid for that three months for this yeah. one gym. So that's time me here until mid-April. When mid-April comes, like I, I think unless things change around here, I'll probably come back to the UK. I think for the growth of the podcast, like I need to be in the UK. Yeah. I need publishers to send me books that aren't on my laptop. I need to sit in a place where I can write. I need to be around people that I care about. Not that I don't care about people here, but like the people that truly matter. Um, that's, that's probably the plan. I, I don't look very much beyond three months. Yeah. Cause I could feel something completely different next week, which would, change the whole thing yeah. if i had a five-year plan i'd disappoint myself yeah yeah um, it's kind of the, it's something i've been thinking a lot about recently it's like this this balance between ambition and like expectation because i think once you start setting big lofty goals 
you can be setting yourself up for failure if you're super attached to them. And so mm -hmm. that for me, I've always been like a minimum, minimal length of plan. Like, obviously I want to have like a structure and like a, an idea of where I want stuff to go, but yeah, yeah I'm not, I, I try not to be too attached to it because I think that's when you lead to disappointment in yourself, especially when you have like high expectations of yourself for sure. Yeah. So here's the thing is like, I know where it will go. That's like in my head, like, mm. let's talk about like manifestation stuff. I've had it all my life where I know stuff. Yeah. And it's always come to fruition, whatever I've known. So like, and I don't talk about it. Like I, I won't yeah. talk about these things. I won't talk about where I know that it will go. Um, but where like, a, why, what gives me the right to like um, dictate where life will go for me when I can surrender to life and yeah. enjoy it in that way, you know? Um I think that's certainly something that I've recently come to terms with. Whereas I used to try and be like, right, well, in five years time, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to have this amount of money. I'm going to do this. And then like, I'll have this house and I'll be paying this mortgage and I'll be that kind of happy. And, and, and not to sound like that guy who's like knocking people that are doing that because like fucking everyone's got their own prerogative. Right. I just don't want that. Yeah. I am um, right now. I could yeah. do in six months time could be completely different. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Things change. Yeah. And I, it's, it's funny you say that about um, that manifestation angle of, of sort of, you you, you know, uh, but yeah. don't talk about it. I'm, I'm very much the same. Like someone will be like, what, what's the plan? Like, where do you want this to get to? Or where do you think this is going to go? I'm not going to tell, I'm not going to tell you because I, yeah. I, I have a vision for it. I, I, I and I'm living towards that but I'm not going to tell you because then I'm going to jinx it. And like, it's just going to then once you put it out in the open, like there's the attachment because yeah. there's the expectation because it's in someone else's head now. And so they'll check up with you, check up on you and be like, Oh, are you here yet? Are you here yet? I'm like, maybe like, yeah. like it's not, it's not really on you. It's on, it's on me. I, it's, yeah. Do you know what's really interesting is I like, I'm thinking now I'm thinking, are we going to be mates in real life or are we going to clash? Cause we're really similar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mate, I, I, I told you before i think you're a prick so uh, yeah <laughs> i think i'm a prick too yeah no i i hate myself too it's fine <laughs> <laughs> um mate it's been it's been a, a genuine pleasure i'm really glad um we got a chance to do this i'm i'm yeah. grateful for you being here and for sharing your your book nerdery with with everyone as as per usual um Wait. where where can people find out more about you um find the pod find you know your content where where's the best place to go uh just head to the instagram it's at a need to read with the number two um and not the word which i'm sure will be in the bio uh which i didn't write <laughs> yeah, i'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna have to read much about me because i don't yeah. like to write about myself um yeah. but yeah, if you if you go on there, you'll you'll get an understanding from this podcast of what I'm like as a person. Um, even if you think I'm a twat, just pick up a book. That's all I'd ask. Thunder and Lightning is just starting here in Bali. So lovely, lovely, beautiful, um, mate. Thank you so much. It's been yeah, as I said, a, a total pleasure. And um, yeah, when you do make it back here, if you do, depending on the plan, who knows what the plan is? Um, it'd be great to catch up and uh, yeah, hopefully catch you soon. Yeah, man, take it easy. Thanks for having me. So that is it for today's episode of Man Down. Thank you so much for tuning in as always. 
Tune in every Sunday for the next episode of Man Down with our next inspirational guest. If you want to get in touch or if there's anyone that you think should be on the podcast, you can reach out directly on Instagram at jamie.clements underscore or by email on jamie at mandownpod.co.uk.